if somebody comes to me and says I'm struggling with anxiety, I can say, okay, good foundational multivitamin, you know, one to two grams of an omega-3 fatty acid. Let's try you on a GABA supplement. We can have you do the magnesium. We can have you do drops of ashwagandha, right? A tincture, um, all of those before you have to do a medication. Hi guys, we're your hosts, Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, welcome back to part two of our interview on all things brain health with the incredible Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. And we're diving right in where we left off in last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to last week, pause right now, go back to last week and listen to part one. And we ended last week with some game-changing info on the power of supplements and supplement protocols based on what your specific brain needs. So today in part two, we are starting off with Kristen's recommendations for dealing with anxiety specifically through supplements, which I found so fascinating because, because my knowledge of dealing with anxiety has basically been, you can do talk therapy, different forms of work with a therapist. You can do cognitive behavioral therapy and you can get medicated. But I never knew that you could have supplements recommended to you that could be an intervention that bridges the gap between medicine and things like talk therapy. So super, super fascinating. One of my biggest takeaways from talking to Christian was truly the power of getting back to the basics and living with simplicity. I think that convenience has made us really unhealthy and really anxious. You know, we, our brains and our bodies weren't meant to live the way that we are living right now, constantly attached to our phones, constantly eating and reaching for shit that's not good for us because it's fast and easy and, you know, we're all worried about money and time and all of these factors. We don't walk anywhere. We drive everywhere because we've got to be efficient. But in that quest, we have lost the simple basics that all of these blue zones in the world seem to have of how to just live a healthy life. And we all innately know how to be healthy. We know what we need to eat to be healthy. We know we need sleep. We know we need exercise. We know we need connection. It's pretty fucking basic, but it's pretty fucking hard to do. But I really think that having the why and understanding what these healthy actions can actually mean for our futures, that makes all of the difference. I've always been a person who needs to understand like, okay, why am I getting that recommendation? What exactly will it do for me? Like, yes, I understand I should exercise, but why, why does that have anything to do with my brain? Oh, okay. It's about like blood flow to the brain. So having all of the answers that Dr. Kristen provides in these episodes, I think is so valuable in connecting our actions and our behaviors with like a bigger why. So today we're talking about stress, memory, sleep, anxiety. And, you know, I know that brain health isn't as sexy as investing your time in like getting wealthy or getting super fit, but we are investing our money now for retirement. You know, everyone's looking for all of the advice on how to deal with our finances now so that when we're in our 60s, we're like set up for life. We're looking for the compound interest effects of putting our money away for our future selves. So why aren't we investing now in positive, healthy behaviors that will compound to have a healthier brain? Because I don't want to have Alzheimer's or dementia or a mental health crisis as I age. And it might be hard for you to imagine that right now unless you've watched a relative 
go through some of those diagnoses and it's it's devastating to see and it's it's hard to give up the instant gratification of what we want to do now and what makes life easier what makes life more enjoyable in order to prioritize these healthy habits that our 80 year old selves will benefit from but what is the point of doing everything that we're doing working hard saving for retirement all of these actions we're taking if we're just going to spend it sick physically mentally cognitively unwell we just have to prioritize it and care about it and i'm just i'm so fired up after talking to her about it because it's just really exciting to see the changes that we can make and and how much better we can feel and i'm definitely making changes after talking to her but we are not the experts so we called in dr kristen willemeyer who has so many impressive letters after her name i do not even know where to begin but among them she has her phd and masters in neurobiology Master's in Physiological Science. She is an award-winning neuroscientist with expertise in neuroimaging. She was a postdoctoral scientist in the Department of Neurology at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in LA, where she focused on the genetic analysis of neurological disorders. She's the recipient of a National Research Service Award Fellowship from the National Institute of Health. She has led research on the impact of head trauma in sports on brain function with the NFL. She has published research on PTSD, autism, psychiatric treatments, and so much more. So yeah, she knows her shit. And she also cares so deeply about helping people live their healthiest lives. She is so kind and lovely and generous and impressive. It was such a pleasure to talk to her. Teach us how to improve our brain health, Kristen. For you, so I'm listening for stress. You got the magnesium, yes, and the rhodiola. And do they add GABA to, to your protocol? I don't think so. No. Are you? Were you the one that struggles with anxiety? I remember I listened to a bunch of both of us do. Um, yeah, Kaylin's on medication and has been diagnosed, yeah. and I just have had anxiety my whole life. But I just try to deal with it the best I can. So, have you ever thought about trying um, GABA, a GABA supplement? I haven't. No, but I should. Yes, you should. Okay. So I listened. I was like, oh, they would probably. So what you want to try for the anxiety. So you've got the rhodiola, which Mm -hmm. is helpful. Mm -hmm. You've got the magnesium, which is helpful. Um, GABA supplement. It's one of the ones that we use often in the psychiatric setting. I love it because you can use it with medications. Uh Um, Most supplements have a four to six hour half-life, which is great. Uh So if I have you take it at night, right? before you go to sleep, it can help you to get to sleep and Mm. calm you down. By the time you wake up, it's metabolized. So it's like you'll wake up with energy. Oh, that's great. But you can also take it, you you literally could take it when you start your day. You could just start with one capsule, uh, 500 milligrams and see how you do, but it'll help to take the edge off because I was listening to your podcast and sometimes, you know, you can try cognitive behavioral therapy. You can try some of the talk therapies um and you can you know sometimes they're just not as effective because we need to work with the physiology of your brain yeah so that GABA supplement I think could be very helpful plus are you doing an omega-3 fatty acid at all I've I've run out so I haven't done it in a few months but I used to do an omega-3 yeah do the two together so now if we're thinking about this can be a protocol for you Mm -hmm. to help keep you calmer and reduce your anxiety and most people can take GABA like that was the one 
you know, I was not only the director of neuroimaging research, but I was the director of nutrition and nutraceuticals wow. at our psychiatric clinic. So I helped to test the efficacy of different nutraceuticals using brain imaging technology. Wow. So we had created a formula for anxiety, which you were taking. It had rhodiola, um, ashwagandha, mm-hmm. B vitamins, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the stress formulas that you'll find out there have those sort of combinations. But, you know, for people who have anxiety, chronic anxiety, or it's just part of your ancestral lineage, right? Somebody in your family yeah. might have anxiety, OCD, yeah. you know, uh, bipolar issues. So the GABA, well, it's just an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So, but taking the GABA supplement can probably help to calm your brain. So we could have you start with the one capsule, 500 milligrams. You could probably go up to two. And then if that doesn't work, neurofeedback is also very helpful. So it's Mm -hmm. a non-pharmacological approach to change the way your brain is wired and calm it down. Sometimes we don't know what our brain looks like, so we do the best we can to manage it. But if we're not looking at it and we don't see it, um, it's it's that's why it's easier for somebody like me when yes. you've seen the way people's brains are wired. And an anxious brain is different from a bipolar brain. Right. There's different patterns, so we would take a different approach, right, for somebody yeah, who has yeah. more of a bipolar tendency versus a general anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I think you just changed my life. <laughs> I'm going to be calling you in a month being like, wow, You're, thank you. Call or text. Yeah, you, hey, you know how to reach me. As you read in the book, I was very skeptical of yeah. supplements until I went and was trained in, you know, how to use them effectively and to see what works and what doesn't work. Taking the guesswork out of it and having objective science to back the things that we're saying. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm struggling with anxiety, I can say, okay, good foundational multivitamin, you know, one to two grams of an omega-3 fatty acid. Let's try you on a GABA supplement. You can take it in the morning. You can take it when you're stressed. You could just try it before bed. We can have you do the magnesium. We can have you do drops of ashwagandha, right? A tincture, Mm -hmm. um, all of those before you have to do a medication. And as your co-host knows, you know, medications can have side effects, so they can work. You know, we say they're like a sledgehammer. They work, they're very strong and effective, but yeah. they can have unwanted side effects. So what I love about supplements, the side effects tend to be very low to none. It's a good starting point, at least. Like, see if this can make a change and then move on to the next intervention. It's always good to talk to your doctor and yeah. not do this, you Willy know, nilly. not go to the person at the yeah. Whole Foods and ask what their recommendation yeah, yeah, yeah. is. I also wanted to talk about sleep because I know lack of sleep and, you know, mm-hmm. high stress, which we've kind of just touched on, are two huge challenges for myself and for a lot of our audience. What yeah. role, you know, we all, like I grew up hearing from my mom, you know, if you don't sleep, it's going to be bad for your brain. And we, we know that. But like, what specifically does lack of sleep do to our brain and you know how can we kind of improve that that's a, such a great question believe me when i was your age and in my 20s like sleep was not high priority it's the first thing that goes you know because something's got to give if you're trying to do a lot and it's always you're studying yeah. for tests right you've got to get i mean i my god we go to bed at 12 1 you know i'd wake up at 5 6 because oh of work it's just the yeah. work life so yeah nobody taught us about why it's important to get a good night's sleep so i sort of 
bring it down into three really important things that happen in our brain when we sleep. Um, number one, everything that we've learned during the day that's in our short-term memory mm -hmm. gets consolidated into our long-term memory and stored in our brain when we sleep. So the area of the brain that's essential to do this is the hippocampus. Remember that area of the brain I talked about involved yeah. in learning and memory? While we are sleeping, again, the information, it's like it's getting transferred from the frontal lobes into the hippocampus. And so at night you get the consolidation and then it stores it in various areas of the brain. So mm -hmm. if you want to have a sharp memory, you want to make sure you're getting your six to eight hours of quality sleep, you know, to help support that process. Number two, while we sleep, there's a, they call it now a system called the glymphatic system that's helps to wash away toxic proteins that tend to build up and accumulate during the day. And it does this because the blood vessels open, everything opens up and relaxes when we sleep. So, you know, it's normal to have misfolded aggregated proteins, um, but when you sleep, the clearance system is able to work uh, efficiently. If we're not sleeping, we're not taking sort of utilizing that clearance system. Mm -hmm. So it would be like going for many days without taking the trash out and the garbage accumulates. And right. so when we think about degenerative diseases, the hallmark pathology for Alzheimer's disease is these aggregated um, proteins that are in the brain, am beta amyloid proteins that aggregate and are unable to be cleared. Okay. Now, because we have advanced imaging modalities, I mean, we can see things like taking curcumin can bind to these um, abnormally folded plaques and help to clear them from the brain. So this oh, wow. is why we're in this really extraordinary era of supplements and we have wonderful imaging technologies to see what's going on in the brain and we're being able to see these misfolded proteins like they can start forming early in the brain before we have a symptom. So again, thinking about sleep as a way to just help support that clearance process is essential for a mm -hmm. healthy brain. And number three, if you want healthy emotional regulation, you want Oof. to get your sleep. Yes. <laughs> because that's the time when our brain is sort of processing everything that we've experienced during the day. And to that point, research has been done on firefighters, police officers, and people who are shift workers when they have the impairment in their sleep cycle and they only get four hours of sleep or very shortened sleep um, they have an inability to process post-traumatic stress oh wow so the literature is out there yeah. you know when you sleep it's a great time for you to be able to process everything you've experienced throughout the day three essential reasons why we need to get quality sleep right preserve and protect your memory help your brain clear things that need to be cleared mm -hmm. um, and help you to have healthy emotional regulation. Oh, when I don't sleep, I am volatile. <laughs> like it's, I can really, I can sense it and I can, like you see it happening as it's happening. You're like, this is, I'm being unreasonable and I'm not processing things in a way I normally That would. is actually being conscientious. And if you know you haven't gotten a good night's sleep yeah. and you find that you're um, acting that way towards somebody, you could just raise your hand and be like, I am so sorry. Yes. I'm going to own this. Yes. Like, I did not sleep last night and I'm really sort of irritable and moody. Yes. It is not you. It's me. Yeah. So please. I do, I do a lot of that when I haven't slept. It's like, so please give me a pass. Yeah. I'm also curious if that is that at the root of poor memories 
when we're young because I I'm only 32 and I have a shit memory like I don't and long term and short term like I don't remember a lot of my childhood my friends will talk about something from primary school I'm like I I don't remember that that teacher I don't remember that room I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) and in terms of day-to-day things unless something is really important unless I write it down I'll forget and so I seem like such an asshole because my mom will be like oh can you remember to do this and I just won't do it it's not because I don't care I forget and so is there something that affects you know young people's memories in that way prematurely it seems is it just sleep and how can we improve that that's a really great question because you're so young and there really should not be any issues (laughs) with your memory like there's always a reason for it and usually you know for some people and i don't know your background enough to give you a full reason behind it but sometimes if people have add or untreated add Mm -hmm. they're just not focused when they're hearing something Mm -hmm. so you have to be focused and listening to keep it in your short-term memory and then right. transfer it to long. So I don't think it's really that concerning to me that you, you know, can't remember your fifth grade teacher, can't remember <laughs> something because maybe you weren't, it, it just wasn't as memorable or it wasn't something that was important to you at the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you had a concern or like, this seems really weird, like I don't understand why I can't remember certain things. Yeah. A lot of times it could be just tied to some sort of um, potentially like psychiatric issue that we can Mm -hmm. treat so you can be more focused and attentive when you're hearing that person say their name or you're hearing what your mom wanted you to remember. Um, But I would have you do a cognitive assessment just to double check and go, okay, well, let's just look and see how she's doing. You know, we'll look across various areas, reasoning, memory, information, processing, speed, attention, and concentration, and Mm -hmm. pinpoint like what might be the issue and help you to correct it. Right. Because it could be, again, young person, like lack of sleep over time. Again, if you're sleepy, I've always had sleep problems. Like I I never sleep well. So that could very much be. That could be your anxiety. You might just have the anxious brain wiring. in which case you're not getting the full restorative sleep. So when you wake up, you're feeling tired. Mm -hmm. If you wake up at your age and you're feeling tired, I'm like, we have to change something. I don't know what it's like to not wake up feeling tired. (laughs) That seems so foreign. So, well, there you go. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll start you with the GABA. Yeah. I bet you we just need to calm your nervous system down a little bit so you can get that restorative sleep. You should be able to wake up at your young age. You should be able to wake up with full energy. I'm going to talk to you every day just to remind me that I'm young. This feels great. Thank you. I'm like, every day I'm like, I'm getting old. I feel old. And you're like, no, don't say that. Don't (laughs) say that to your conscious mind and then have it like seep into your subconscious mind, right? That's That's true. The words we, what we say to ourselves, right? It matters. It's uh, it's their little habits and things. Trust me. Again, if I wasn't working in the brain health space and psych, you know, psychiatry and yes. neurology, I wouldn't know all of this. I'm just here trying to share some of the wisdom it's I have so gleaned, important. you know, from working with people and reframing how we talk to ourselves. And trust me, I would say it too. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not gonna reframe that. You know, I'm not going to have that sort of negative self-defeating thought yeah. and repeat it to myself or say it in jest to all my friends, which I've done. I now just keep it to myself or I'm like, okay, how do I reframe? Because, hey, you know, we all have our issues. 
And so what about, these might be different issues, but like brain yeah. fog and low energy, you know, obviously if you're, if you're not sleeping well, you're going to have low energy, but even for people right. who do get enough sleep that are just feeling not optimized, they're sluggish, they're feeling so foggy. What, right. what can we do to improve that? What might be at the root? So whenever we look at health, we have to look at the contribution of genes, environment, and lifestyle. Mm. So taking the genes out of it for a minute and just looking at environment and lifestyle. I mean, first thing I would do is look at what people are eating and drinking. Yeah. It is the, it is the quickest way I can turn around somebody's cognitive health. Mm. I'm a big fan of green juicing, getting very healthy, clean fuel into your body and i love that for people to start their day with the green juice i mean my goal is always to have people wake up with a sharp mind we're now in an era of covid and brain fog is you know part of long covid and it's a whole new thing and that's neuroinflammation in the brain wow. and neuroinflammation can also cause depression and other psychiatric issues so brain fog before covid could have been from anything i mean it can even be for kids who play collision-based sports i mean this right. is again a passion of mine and you have kids who play soccer that don't even think about the fact that all those headers that they're taking oh, can cause yeah. headaches and brain fog or you've got somebody who plays football you know your son plays football and he's got headaches or brain fog and they don't think of the contribution that their sport could be playing to it I also sort of go back to how can I change your dietary habits mm -hmm. and maybe get you eating more towards sort of the Mediterranean style of eating. Let's bring down the alcohol. Let's bring in some of the fresh, clean juices. So what happens when I put cleaner fuel into yeah. your system? Yeah. Does your brain fog change? And I'm going to look at your environment that you live in and what could be contributing from even your home environment, where you oh. where you live, being exposed to toxic mold. Mm. People who work in paint factories or work at a gas okay. station. So not so much your city and pollution, but more so your actual home? It could be anything. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, what are your exposures and who am I talking to? Like my father was a, a pilot, so yeah. exposed to, you know, jet fuels and, mm. and fumes. And then he was a firefighter. So he was wow. a pilot and a fighter wow. firefighter at the same time. So talk about. I, he was again, just like what every kid when they say when they want to grow be when they grow up. He's like, I'll do it all. <laughs> combat helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Wow. Then was a, yeah, he's amazing. And then came back and was a pilot for Pan American. So he flew around the world and he, at the same time, because back in the day you could be a pilot and a fireman. So he was a pilot and a fireman. So he had the three most stressful jobs. Oh my God. And was the nicest person literally that walks the earth. Oh, so he sounds incredible. kind and emotionally balanced and lovely and a man of service. And he is, I am a nice, lovely person, but my dad was just, just an like a human angel and I'm very much wired like him yeah I can tell he's you've carried that on that's very much who you are the calming yeah I I realize that I'm very fortunate to have sort of probably inherited his ancestral mindset and lineage right mm -hmm. very I love you that know, you call it ancestral that's really cool instead of just like like that's really a, yeah. a beautiful way of putting well, it but that's what I think we should all look at and honor, right? So you and Kaylin, right, struggle with some stress and anxiety, but there might, that just might sort of be within your lineage. So yeah. let's work with that and help you to unwind it. Yeah. 
I'm your eternal optimist, right? I always feel like there are solutions and things that we could do to help people improve their quality of life. So you were yes. asking that question about brain fog and low energy. And as you've even said, you've dealt with hormonal issues, PCOS. Yeah. Like sometimes there's a hormonal component that could be contributing if mm. somebody's in menopause. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's a, there's a myriad of factors, but I still feel like what you eat and drink every day. Think about what you're consuming. Is it brain healthy, right? Is this supporting your brain health or is it hurting your brain health? And that's where I work with people sort of on this scale. Like what can we do to make a brain healthy upgrade to your coffee, your tea, your, you know, if you need alcohol to calm your brain, you like a glass of alcohol, you know, can I put you on a GABA instead, right? Yeah. Can I, can I have you try the GABA? Because it's going to do a similar thing for the brain, but it won't put weight on your waistline because mm-hmm. actually all alcohol will actually put more weight on your body. Oh, yeah. Brain healthy upgrade. I love that. That's such a great way brain to, healthy upgrades. to yeah. look at it. Yeah. It's, it's the little shifts because I tell people it's not one thing you do for your brain health. It's sort of just these small little changes practiced consistently over decades like your grandmother. A hundred percent. Right? Her yeah. 10,000 steps, she did that for who knows how long, but she oh lived gosh, in 99. Yeah. Exactly. And her reading her prayer. I mean, I grew up in a family. My, you know, my dad was Catholic. Like that's how my yeah. family is just so kind. Kindness. That goes connected. a long way. Yeah. Yeah. They're like connected with the earth. I mean, I, you know, I started riding horses because of my dad and him loving and being sort of supportive of doing things in nature and being out in nature. And so that's sort of, I think if you're getting back to the basics, right, for the brain and how to stay healthy and kind of taking a cue from your grandma, Mm -hmm. like like simplify your life, right? And keep it simple, keep the walking, you know, get your steps in, like clean foods. We actually all know how to eat cleanly. We intuitively know. Everybody listening knows they should be eating fruits and vegetables. It's like, it's, it's true. It's hard. everything. We we kind of already have everything that we need. Like all of that that knowledge is within us. It's just a matter of then like battling all of these external forces, and having the why, which is what you shared today. Like the why behind it, because we know we right. should. But knowing why we should, I think, really helps to make those decisions. Well, the why. It's funny in the clinical setting. What I found was really fascinating is a lot of people want to lose weight. Mm-hmm a lot of people like this is a goal of many many people so it was so fun to do like we called it a brain healthy weight loss group so it was like lose weight for your brain health yeah yeah it's a bigger why it's a bigger north star than just like want to look hot on the beach this summer you know (laughs) we need to like that too of course and there's nothing wrong with that but it's nice to have something that really is like meaningful throughout the year not just for a vacation not just for one thing when i was in my 20s i mean one my grandma um at 95 she was diagnosed with alzheimer's at 93 and lived to 95 and that is by the time you're in your 90s right the chance of getting it increases exponentially and at that time i was studying parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. in the lab but i was so young and i when you're as young as you are in your 20s, like you're still in your early 30s, you're still not thinking about like 95. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that's my 95-year-old grandma. Yeah. She has Alzheimer's. But now that I'm in this field and I've had the great blessing and opportunity again to see 
tens of thousands of brain scans, yeah. right? We, in our clinical setting, now I think they have 200,000 scans. I appreciate the proactive approach mm -hmm. to taking care of your brain health. And what most people don't realize is sort of the damage that's happening, sort of the start of degenerative diseases they happen at the cellular level one to two decades before you have a symptom. Wow. So if we're going to just take Alzheimer's disease, yeah. which typically tends to manifest symptomatically at 65, the changes start in your brain as early as 45. Mm. So we can see that in neuroimaging, even with the SPECT imaging where we looked at blood flow patterns, you could come into the office and be very sort of cognitively connected to us and then we image your brain and see the areas of the brain that are concerning to us that have really low blood flow. It's like, let's get you started on a brain health protocol now, because yeah. what we're really doing is slowing down brain aging and protecting your cognitive health. Yeah. And I feel like because I got to see the objective images and could sort of put that with the clinical signs and symptoms. So I would say for somebody of your generation, you know, the why is it's like, let's start now to protect the cells of your brain. I kind of feel like I'm the champion of your neuron. Yeah. Right? Not just your brain, but these beautiful individual neurons. Let's take care of our individual neurons. They're precious, yeah. right? Yeah. They're precious, they're vital. They maintain our, our precious memories and help us to be creative and help us to manage our emotions. And so it's, it's really exciting. And you know, I'm grateful to people like you and um, Kaylin, who would reach out and, you know, give me the opportunity to, you know, kind of get people excited about caring oh, yeah. for this beautiful organ and the cells in your body and, and some of the really practical ways that we can do it. Well, we are so grateful for the knowledge that you share and for, for framing it all in such a a positive way, you know, that we can make a difference, we can reverse things, we can improve. We can. And so I think it's you know it can feel very doom and gloom sometimes when we're we're fighting against an internal clock and you know we're health is is such a, a difficult thing especially if you don't have it and so having the optimism that you provide that we can all make changes that make a difference is so powerful i love one of the phrases we have like you are not stuck with the brain you have mm, we can make I love it that. better right there's always things that we could do. I mean, I work with dementia patients now. It's amazing the things that we've been able to do to slow it down. Yeah. And I think that's the part also try to sort of taking the fear out of diagnoses and just helping people to have the best quality of life possible. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the goal. It's our day-to-day -day life. Not worrying every day in fear, reading your glucose monitor and yes. freaking out, right? Yeah. No. That. And in doing so, probably spiking your cortisol levels and being stressed right. and being, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I think that's the flip side of your generation having grown up with social media and technology. Like, I have compassion for your generation. I grew up in a generation, I brought, I laugh, I brought a typewriter to college. Oh my God. Okay, that's how old I am. Yeah, I raised my hand. Okay, well, that's hard to believe because you look incredible. <laughs> like, I just can't believe that. <laughs> But I laugh. Well, thank you. I laugh because I'm like, mm, yeah, I grew up in the generation where, you know, I was outside every day after yeah. school showing horses and riding. I was in nature. We've overcomplicated so much in an attempt to like optimize. And, and I think getting back to the basics is a real yes. underlying takeaway. It's like, let's, we get to take a breath, not be so stressed about reading all of our wearables, yeah. but 
be conscientious. I mean, I have people who got who have the sleep trackers that freak out if they oh, don't yeah. get enough REM it's sleep. It's obsessive. Yeah. It's obs- and I say that actually does not accurately assess REM. So stop over worrying about that. I go, if you want me to have your REM sleep tracked, we'll have you go to a sleep lab. Yeah. I go, use your sleep wearable to tell you when you're going to sleep and when you're waking yeah, up. Yeah, Just right, to there's some, keep like, your own habits in check, yeah. There's some really good basics, but if you're gonna obsess that you didn't get over an hour of REM sleep last night, that that's not gonna serve you. No. The last question we always ask our guests in, in one sentence, if you have it, is what's one thing that you wish you had learned in school? Well, I, so the obvious answer is I really wish I had learned more about how to care for my brain health, why it's important. That would probably be the smartest. And I would say the backup to that, I would, in retrospect, as I'm older, and I'm very fortunate to live with somebody who's very financially savvy, but are really, really good courses in finance and economics. Yes. And preparing right to own a home and what you need to do and how to save and a little bit more about the stock market and understanding risks of, you know, putting your money in a stock market. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do in this podcast is fill those those gaps for people. And so, yeah. I I actually think your podcast is genius. I was like, that's really smart. Like, what are all of these conversations that we need to be having? Well, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. I'm so excited to try all of your recommendations. I will be reporting back. Well, I would love that. And thank you for supporting my work and the book and would love to come back on and speak with you guys again. And in the meantime, everyone can follow you on social media, on your website. Is there anywhere you want to direct people to consume everything that you have, your book? Yeah. So if people want to reach out to me, you can go to my website at drwillemeyer.com. I'm sure you will leave that in the notes because yep. nobody is going to know how to spell that. Yeah. It'll be in the show <laughs> my, notes. My last name. You are welcome to reach out to me and ask me any questions, right? I have a, a place where you can connect and share a story or give me a comment. And if people would like to get my book, you can get it through the website or Amazon or anywhere books are sold. So Amazing. Thank you so, so much. I loved this chat. I hope you guys took as much away from these episodes with Dr. Kristen as I did. I feel like I've never had the nuts and bolts of how our brains work and how our actions affect our brains broken down in such a fascinating but understandable way. We'll leave you with a quote from the epic Carl Sagan. The brain is like a muscle. When it's in use, we feel very good. Understanding is joyous. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.